Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Welcome back, guys. Uh, Episode 26 here. Um, We're going to discuss all about your metabolism, what it is. Um, Do you need to reignite it maybe or maybe have you seen some adaption or slowdown from this metabolism that so many people speak of? Um, do you have anything to add before we jump into this? Negative. Okay. All right, guys. Let's get down to the point why you guys are all here and why you clicked through on this title. But before we actually take a deep dive into some of the common mistakes that people make when it comes to their metabolism, let's discuss and first make sure that everyone actually understands what their metabolism is and what it does. So I'm going to start this off. I did do a live training um, on my group, uh, private Facebook group on Facebook not too long ago, and I started this live off with a, with a quick question. And I just want to kind of get you guys thinking here, but how many times have you actually heard someone say this or are maybe guilty of saying it yourself, but um, I can never lose weight. I must have a slow metabolism. I don't know about you, Julie. I hear this all the time when it comes to coaching. Oh, yeah. Everybody's quick to blame metabolism or genetics or something like that. Whereas most of the time it's uh, I'm eating great on the week and I'm blowing it on the weekends or something right. like that. But nobody wants to point the finger back in, at themselves. Nobody looks in the mirror. Right. Exactly. So we just hear this a lot. And I'm sure I've been guilty of saying it myself. So believe me, before I learned and it took the time to educate myself, I mean, this is a very common occurrence. Some and another question is the people think are some people just really blessed with fast metabolism while others have slow ones? So that's a good question, too, because a lot of people think it's all genetics. And as you're going to find out in this podcast, it is not all genetics. Do genetics play a role? Yes, of course, but not as big a role as people would like to think. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what is your metabolism? Let's definitely let's break that down. Um. There's a lot of different processes in the body that make up your metabolism. And there's four main things we're going to talk about today that we can break these into different categories that all equal what your metabolism is. And the very first one we're going to talk about is BMR, which is I'm sure most of you have heard the term BMR. So this is just your basal metabolic rate. Um, This is the energy expended for the basal processes of your body that require us to stay alive. So think of basic. So breathing, um, keeping your organs functioning, um, basically just the very minute things that your body does without us even realizing it make up the base of our metabolism. Yeah, a lot of people hear us refer to BMR when we talk to them about maintenance calories, calor- you know, like and talk about a calorie deficit, calorie maintenance, because we figure the BMR first and the BMR is the amount of calories needed just for you to lay in bed and sleep all day and not move a muscle. Right. And be so, able to stay alive. Yeah, correct. Very basic. Right. So this is literally what she said. Think of basic. Yeah. And before we even move on to the next one, I want you to think most adult women 
their basal metabolic rate is higher than 1200 calories. And I just say this number because I feel a lot of us, when you're plugging in your numbers on these food tracker apps, they are telling you to eat 1200 calories. This is lower than what your body needs if it just stayed in bed and slept all day. And I know you aren't doing that. If you're listening to this, more than likely you are somewhat health focused and you move, you exercise, you do things with your family. So you need more calories than 1200 to survive. Okay, uh, let's go on to number two, um, TEF. So this is what is the thermic effect of food. And basically, just very simple, this is the calories burned through digestion. Um, next is three. So we're going to do TEE. So this is the thermic effect of exercise. So as, as it says, this is the calories burned through exercise. The next one is four, which is NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. We will always refer to this as neat because you all know my vocabulary and I know I will stumble over that if I try to say that whole thing again. But basically, this is just the calories that you burn through movement outside of designated exercise. So things like fidgeting, walking around the house, I mean, doing chores. Some of us have um, like more fidgety, like we talk with our hands. So things like that could be under neat. But these four components are what account for the calories you burn through the day, which is AKA your metabolism. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Julia, I thought she was messing with the computer over there. Okay. Now, do some people really have slow metabolism? Well, kind of. Um, it has very little to do with age, though. And I feel like this is where a lot of people we get into it like, oh, I hit 35. And it's like, ever since 35, my my metabolism just tanked. And it's because of my age. But this is definitely not true because it has very little to do with age. Um, so let's just go over each of those points again. Um, BMR. So usually um, it's higher the heavier you are. And so you can't really blame being overweight on your BMR because you're actually going to burn more calories if you're a heavier person. It takes more energy to move a heavier person through space, basically. Um, your TEF, this is also typically higher the more you eat. So um, as you've probably heard us mention before, we're always on people. If you really want to sustain fat loss, um, protein by far has the highest thermic effect of food. So most people who have noticed their metabolism slowing down are usually eating very little protein. So they're actually burning fewer calories um, than they would be if they were eating a higher protein diet. Um, so the TEE, the thermic effect of exercise, just like the TEF, um, the moving, the bigger, moving a bigger body requires more energy than a smaller body. So the bigger you are, the more calories you're going to burn when you exercise. Um, <clears throat> the last one, NEAT, this is by far one of the biggest variables out there. So typically the leaner people, they burn hundreds of more calories a day than obese individuals through NEAT. Um, now some of this, this is where genetics do play a factor because some of us tend to fidget more than others, burning more calories. Just like me, as I'm sitting here on this podcast talking, um, my knee is bouncing up and down and I am talking with my hands, even though there is nobody here to see me but Julie um, talking with my hands. But neat is the most part a very controllable thing. 
And this is why a lot of times one of the biggest things that plays a role in, in our coaching is prescribing daily steps because daily steps are going to fall under NEAT. Now, the point is of all this is why and why we went over this is basically your metabolism, metabolism is essentially a bunch of different processes that are very much under your control. So this should be a very good note, very good news. So it's not your age. It's basically the lifestyle that you have been living up until now. Do you have anything to add to all that mess? Yes, I have okay. a question. Yeah, go for it. So we're talking about BMR. We're talking about TEF, thermic effect of food. We're talking about thermic effect of exercise. And we're talking about NEAT. Yes. So my question is here, and this is going to be more for the... Um, probably a little bit of the more advanced listener that we might have. My question is, is we're talking about NEAT and TEE. Where does exercise activity thermogenesis play a part in this or does it? So TEE, thermic effective exercise? Is the same thing as energy or exercise activity thermogenesis? It is only just the thermic, yes, TEE, that's what that is. It's, it's the same thing as e EAT. Yes. Okay. That yep. was my question. Yep. Okay. Now I'm good to go. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, let's see here. Okay. So let's talk about one of the most common mistakes that women make that stall or ruin their fat loss success. Okay. Yeah, guess. What? I mean, besides the yo-yo dieting cycle. Right. Yeah. No, that definitely falls into it. So basically, it's just the chronic dieting per se um we've all grown up and been told for many years that we need to lose weight you need to be thin you need to look like these women on the covers of magazines or now the women on the ig channels and everything like that we all are sold this is how you're supposed to look and it's crap basically so but what is actually going on here that why this does this ruin your metabolism and not so much ruin and i hate when that slips out but because you're not ruining anything you're all your metabolism doing is adapting to the, your surroundings adapting to how you you are responding so it's doing what it's supposed to be doing and it's basically it's just keeping you alive because it's been proven in many studies that you can't actually damage damage it and i do want to uh list this and i'll have julie list this in the show notes but there was a infamous study um it's called the minnesota starvation experiment and it actually totally debunks metabolic damage so it just talks about adaption and it's a big old long thing but feel free to click through and check that out so there's a lot of good information there but what is actually happening is a very natural and normal process that our bodies does to keep us alive. And it's called metabolic adap adaptation. Sorry, can't talk today. No surprise there. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing real different there. Right. But basically, as your body changes with dieting, your metabolism is going to change it well, as well. Your body has no idea. All you're doing is wanting to burn some body fat. It just knows it's getting less calories. You're moving around like crazy, usually on top of it. And it's just saying, hey, we need to keep we need to keep you alive. So your BMR is going to drop as you lose weight. So a smaller body burns fewer calories, just like we talked about before. A heavier body is going to burn more calories. And this is also going to apply to your TEE. A smaller person 
will burn fewer calories during exercise. So that's why the lighter you get in the exercise you do, you're not burning as much as you used to in the beginning. Now your TEF is also going to drop because guess what? You're dieting, you're eating less food, your body's not burning as much through digestion. Um, your calories burned via NEAT are also going to drop when dieting. So you're, you're depriving your body of those calories and the energy it needs to survive. So you're going to realize you're more lethargic, which is going to result in less daily movement. So you're just going to become a lazier person. And even if you were never lazy before, you're going to think you're going to drive around that parking lot five times to find the closest parking spot available and you won't even realize it. Or if you normally get up to take out the trash or something like this, you'll be like, I'll put it off. I'll wait till tomorrow to get it done. Just because you do physically just do not have the energy that you need to do those basic tasks that you wouldn't normally ever even think twice about doing. Well, so the way you're kind of saying this, you know, you're going to be a lazier person. It sounds kind of negative, but this is all natural. This is your body. You're eating less food. So this is your body actually wanting you to move less. It's a defense mechanism because yeah. you're eating less. So it wants to give you less energy. That way it holds on to the the calories that you, you ha that you're putting in, which is less than your maintenance. So you're, you're giving it less food. Therefore, it's giving you less energy. That way it can maintain the calories to help you do the the standard basic processes yeah, exactly it's it's all it's thinking is like hey i need to keep you alive like we are not getting this energy we're going through fa a famine i mean because it wasn't if you think about it in relative terms it wasn't that long ago when we were hunter gatherers right and we were fighting for food foraging for food we would go long periods of time where we would just be hunting for meat or the women would be just gathering for fruit and eating very little but then we'd have times of feast if we bring home and kill a buffalo or some other animal and you would gorge yourself so your body used to it got used to that and when you're not getting that much food it's thinking it's in famine again and it's doing everything possible to hold on to every single ounce of fat you have on your body just to make sure that you're going to survive through the winter basically so you know you mentioned the study and the study was actually called the minnesota starvation experiment and that actually and then you know we talked further about that, about how you become a little more sedentary naturally because you're eating less food, because food is energy. And we tell people that all the time, you know, don't, don't exercise to earn your food right. that you should eat to earn your workout. And yes. that's because you're eating to provide your body with the energy necessary to work out. So here's my question then that I'm posing, putting those two things together and, and another listener may be thinking the same thing. So I, yeah. I just want you to kind of discuss this a little bit. So a lot of times we hear people say, um, you know, I'm not eating enough, so I'm getting fatter because, you know, it's starvation effect or whatever they call it. Now, yeah. is there is there fact to this or is that myth? Is this is this really when they say I'm going into starvation mode, meaning they're eating less, so they're gaining weight? Is it is that part of the meta metabolic adaptation as well? Or is, is there is it completely a myth, the starvation mode? Um, I think it's a tough road. I'm going to it's I'm going to say it's a myth the way most people believe it is a myth. I mean, because you're not actually starving. I mean, just as we've said this whole time where your metabolism is adapting. So your body is learning to live off fewer and fewer calories. So the less you eat, your body is focused all on holding on to as much fat as it can. And it will burn up as much muscle as it can, because if you're not eating enough calories to support muscle, your body wants to get rid of it. That's the first thing your body wants to get rid of. It's muscle is in a very expensive tissue when it comes to calories, which means its thermic effect is, is high. Yes, okay. exactly, because it's going to it's going to require more calories than right. than fat will anytime. And so our bodies, I got lost on the tangent there for a second, trying to think what I was <laughs> saying there. All the time. Oh my gosh! So, but basically, what you're saying though is the way people are looking at it when they say, you know, well, my body's going into starvation mode, therefore I'm getting fatter. 
is not necessarily true. What's true? What's truly happening is your body is adapting to you eating less calories. Therefore, it is going to hold on to more body yes. fat. You're not going to look as muscular because your body is. You're not fueling it enough, so it's going to get rid of the the muscle and store everything as body fat. Yes, so the star, exactly. the quote unquote starvation mode is i mean there's some truth to it but the, the phrasing is misleading it is very misleading i think that's what i don't like about it but i do believe there is some truth behind it it's just not explained well i believe to the lay person right okay so yeah. so basically what what happens is if you are eating in a deficit for too long you do have that what people refer to which is misleading mm -hmm. you do get the starvation mode quote unquote we don't yes. like the phrase but right. what the lay person says I'm, th I'm sorry, when they, what they mean when they say that is basically I've been eating in a deficit too long, so therefore my body's starting to hold on to body fat, even though they don't realize that's what's causing it usually. They don't realize right. that they're eating too little for too long. Yes, and I think that's just one part of it. Just like what we talked about, you end up not moving as much. So maybe, especially if you're not tracking your steps or tracking your movement, maybe you're moving a lot less than you used to be. So again, you're not burning as many calories, eating less food. You're not burning as, as much calories because through digestion because you're not eating as much food so there's a lot of different things that pile up and a lot of times um just when people think they're they've eaten at a calorie deficit for so long and if they don't track their food a lot of times they think they're still eating a deficit and they're actually allowing in a, a lot more like bites and taste and licks and stuff like the that blt yes the blt so especially if you're you're a mom you'll notice you're just kind of finishing up your kid's plate maybe if they don't finish everything you're, you're, you're eating the crust off that pb and j that you're you made licking them. the knife yes that peanut butter if you lick that knife of the peanut butter i mean those calories even if it's just 50 calories here uh 10 calories here 75 calories here those could be enough calories to put you out of a deficit anymore and so people really think oh i'm eating too little for too long and it i'm starving in starvation mode now but there's so many other factors at play than just that not now i'm not saying that I'm not promoting to be in a deficit for long periods of time. And we'll talk about that later on in this podcast. But a lot of times it's the mental game that plateaus before our body actually physically plateaus and weight loss, I believe. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So why don't you tell us then maybe how we can jumpstart our metabolism if we feel like we've stalled. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go over three basic things that you can do to reignite your metabolism, which I think most people could benefit from. Um, the very first one, Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. Hachu. <laughs> no, it passed. Okay, I made it pass. I made it pass. She interrupted it. All right. Um, the number one thing, and I cannot stress this enough, and I know probably even all my clients get tired of me saying this, but we need to eat more protein. I guarantee it if you listen to this podcast, you could probably benefit from eating more protein. Um, all food burns calories through the process of digestion. We talked about this through the, the thermic effect of food. Um, but protein burns a whole lot more calories than any other food. So you can think it burns twice as many calories as, say, fat and carbs do. So making protein a priority is going to equal a faster metabolism because you're going to be using more calories. Um, not only is it going to keep you more satiated and it's also going to prioritize helping you prioritize building muscle, but like I said, it's going to burn more calories. So why not? eat a little more protein. Most people, if they track for me, when they start coaching, 
they're eating somewhere around 60 grams of protein. They're barely eating like the RDI, like the, that, am I saying that right? The RDI, recommended the, daily intake. Yeah, the recommended daily intake. And this is just so you're not deficient and so you don't die. This isn't something to actually strive to hit. You want to think in a good rule of thumb for most people um, is anywhere between 0.7 to all the way up to 1.2 grams of protein. Now, most women, I'm going to be honest, are going to find that extremely hard in the beginning. So if you notice, you start tracking your food, you're eating 60 grams of protein, bump up slowly so your digestive tract doesn't like get thrown off from it and try to bump up to like 90 or 100. Eat at that for a couple weeks and then bump up if you want to try to reach that one gram per pound of body weight. Now, if you are um, obese, so if you are above 50 pounds, like if you need to lose more than 50 pounds, um, try to eat at your goal weight, what your goal weight would be. So you want to think your lean body mass, what your muscle weight is, not because if you're, say, a 200-pound or 250-pound woman um, and you need to lose 50 pounds and you want to get to 200, I would aim for 200 grams of protein, not 250 grams of protein. That would be extremely high in my in – my, I would want to save some calories for carbs and fats too. Right. I mean, you'll know if you're eating too much protein. You know, if you, if you start out, if you jump right into one gram per pound of body weight and you eat that for a while and you are consistent with it and you start to get, you know, cramping or constipation or – you know, you're super gassy and bloated, then maybe you need to knock it down just a little bit. But because right. you, your body will tell you, I mean, you're not going to get, it's not going to hurt you, but you I mean, you may not feel super great, but make sure you stay with it for a long enough period of time to let your system adjust before you just jump ship. Oh yeah. I mean, I've heard stories from other coaches talking about how bodybuilders back in the day would have those lovely protein farts from all the protein they ate, but they were normally eating two, three times their body weight and protein, which was very excessive. Yeah, well, if you live with Kaylee, you can only have to eat one gram per pound of body weight, and she'll smell you out of the room. Yeah, I need to get my gut checked out. That's probably not normal. You do. I, I can tell you after living with you that you need to have your gut checked out. <laughs> Maybe I need to get on that, and I'll let you guys know how that goes. Okay, so uh, number two here. So first one, eat more protein. So important. Um, step number two, do yourself a favor and spend six months not dieting. Yes, you heard that right, not dieting. This is a must. It's a good idea to really calculate and figure out what your maintenance calories are going to be and stay there even slightly above to send the signal to your body that it's safe, that it's not in that famine stage, that it doesn't need to prioritize holding on to body fat and getting rid of muscle because a stressed body will never prioritize fat loss. It just won't do it. And more than likely, you've spent most of your life dieting as it is. And this is one of the first steps we take clients through is this priming stage because you truly need to earn the right to diet. And your body needs to be in a, a safe place and a healthy place with your metabolism. Otherwise, the diet is miserable and the weight you do lose never stays off. Well, and it's also important to, to note, too, that, you know, people think a uh, stressed body. So, okay, well, you know, I started meditating. I started taking more time for me you know, work's not as stressful. So I'm not stressed. My kids are behaving now, but what they don't realize is diet and exercise, a calorie deficit especially, and stress. exercise, those are all stresses on the body. Sure Lack is. of sleep is a stress on the body. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy cut you off in traffic, work, kids, married life, those are all stressors as well. But there are other things too. You know, you're not feeling well, you're not sleeping, you're got a lot of inflammation in your body. These are all stressors and diet, especially a calorie deficit, even a calorie surplus can be a stress on the body. Yes. yes. You're not um, ready for that either. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and then working out hard and not recovering. This is why a lot of times we get people that come in and they're like, well, I do cross CrossFit three days a week. I run four days a week. I lift weights two days a week. And then I chase my kids around. 
but I'm only eating 1200 calories. And the first thing we say is, okay, well, you need to cut out the running. You need to go down to three days a week on weightlifting. You need to stop doing CrossFit. You need to eat more food. And then you can still chase your kids around because we want you to be present in your life. But people look at us like we're crazy. Or they look at us with their jaw dropped and their eyes like wide open like, what are you asking me to do right now? But when you are putting all of those things together and you're doing so many different modalities, so many different days of the week to try to quote unquote lose weight, you're you're not you're stressing out your body. And so you're it's counterintuitive. So I just wanted to mention that 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 stress part, you need to look at all the stressors involved. It's not just, you know, the the mental and emotional stress of life, you know, with work and job and kids or work and job, work and married life and kids and all this there's a lot of other things that go into that. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I'm glad you did. Okay. Um, step number three. So first one, eat more protein, spend six months not dieting. And then step number three, exercise to build muscle. So focus your training on building muscle because whether you're doing tons of cardio or focusing mostly on building muscle in the gym, no matter what you do, you're just not going to burn that many calories through any kind of exercise. So you might hear us say this a lot, but you can't, you can't out train a bad diet right? and you, you just can't. So, um, and nobody wants to do tons and tons of hours of cardio to burn it off because you're just going to have to keep doing more and more to keep seeing results. And it's just not sustainable. Um, but actually spending time and focusing on building that lean muscle is such a smarter approach because building muscle is going to give you that dense, lean, I'm going to say tone, even though I don't like it, but tone body, just because I know a lot of you, uh, I know what you're picturing when you say tone. And so I will use it just so I can make sure and get through to you guys. But the only thing tone means is it means you've built muscle on your body. You're going to look smaller with more muscle on your body and less body fat. But having that more muscle, it's it's going to speed up your metabolism. And it what that does is you continue to burn calories even when you're not training. So you can end up eating more food, going out with your friends more, going out to a girls' nights or, or a brunch with your, your lady friends. You can do all this and not see that scale jump up every time you do it and then end up just reversing and yo-yo dieting and then starving yourself again and getting into this vicious cycle. But if you actually spend time training to build muscle, which is resistance training, doing some kind of weight movements, whether it's body weight, band, dumbbells, barbells, you name it, whatever you can find that you enjoy doing and prioritizing lifting weights and building muscle, you're going to get a faster metabolism for more calories at rest. So okay so you're gonna look at me like i'm crazy but you're (laughs) gonna look at me like i'm crazy because i'm going to ask you a question that i get asked a lot of times devil's advocate here well no no but i i wanted to preface this because if i ask you this question without without the preface you're gonna look at me like i'm absolutely insane and like you don't know who i am (laughs) okay so i'm asking this question that i get quite a bit and I'm going to ask it just like they ask me, like okay. I am a like I am a client asking okay. you a question and I want you to answer it for me. I'll do my best. Okay. Okay. So I'm eating at maintenance and I started doing what you told me to okay. and I'm only lifting weights three days a week for about an hour each time. Okay. And I'm eating 2,000. So far it sounds good. <laughs> I'm eating 2,000 calories a day exactly like you prescribed to me and I'm hitting my macros every time. But... 
I'm really hungry. And my Fitbit says after I'm done lifting weights that I burned a thousand calories. So does that mean that I can eat that extra thousand calories and still be at maintenance? Because if I take that thousand calories that I burned off of my 2000 calories, I'm only eating a thousand calories a day. So does that mean I get to eat 3000 calories since a thousand of it I worked off? Okay. So there, there's more to this question than uh, what you think. There's um, lots of layers. Yeah, there's tons of layers. So for one thing, first off, never pay attention to tracking devices and what they say you burn because I guarantee you it's always going to be higher than what you burned because those that number is, is a nice number to see. So you're tracking your watch, your phone apps. It'll tell you, say you did... Um, you ran for 20 minutes or you did a lifting session for an hour. Sometimes those watches will tell you you've burned like 900 calories in that one session. I guarantee you it's probably closer to 300. It's usually way less than you think. You uh, Those machines at the gym, the, some of the cardio treadmills and stuff, it'll tell you like you've burned like 1,200 calories with this hour run you just did. They know that that number drives people. So they're going to program those machines to say a higher number just to, to make you feel good, unfortunately. So I never pay attention to that, but that is calculated in. When we give you numbers, we are calculating your daily activity and your, your prescribed exercise. So how many times you're lifting during the week. So when we calculate that for you, that's already included. That is your TEE. Exactly. And it's figured in. Exactly. But an also thing here that if you notice in the beginning of the question, uh, she said that I'm always hungry all the time. Typically, if you're at, if you're at true maintenance calories, you shouldn't notice hunger all the time. So more than likely, you've either built muscle, possibly. Maybe your metabolism is, is faster. It's getting higher. Maybe So maybe your maintenance calories is a little bit higher than what it has been because your maintenance is a moving target. Just because your maintenance, um, when you calculate it, it says 2,000 for right now. Six months from now, maybe it's 21. So maybe it's a little bit higher. So it's always a moving target. So if you diet down to 1,500 for a long time, guess what? That maintenance number may drop to 17. And hopefully you can get it to work back up, which you usually always can if you prioritize these three things that we've discussed. Eating more protein, not dieting for a while, and exercising to build muscle. So some young ladies, they can eat, I mean, I can eat close to 25, 2600 and probably be at maintenance and not gain anything, which some people think that's crazy. I know some women that can eat a lot more than me that are a lot smaller than me and still like five foot five and like 120 pounds and they can eat 2700 calories and stay where they are it's because their body's made up of more muscle than it is body fat. And so their maintenance is higher. And like I said, it's never moving target. Yeah. So hopefully that answered that question. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, another takeaway too is I also don't want people to throw their trackables out the window. No, no, no. It's because, a good measure. They're wearable trackers. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, yeah. I like you were saying, it is a good measure. It kind of gives you an insight into your sleep. Are they 100% accurate? No, they're not. But they, they do get pretty close on certain things. Right. Like, they, like they your sleep. Your average. And, right. Yeah. And so, you know, it gets you, it, it alerts you to changes and stuff like sleep and heart rate and all that. And yeah. it helps you, like women, you can track your, your cycle and you can track your sleep, you can track your steps. So it is, they are very useful. And if for nothing more than just awareness, my mom's yes. not particularly active, but she was having some health concerns. So I bought, I, we bought her a Fitbit. 
to where to kind of just kind of bring awareness to how much she really was moving. So, I mean, I think they're great, but I do get that a lot, you know. Yes. So are those free calories then, you know? So yep. and that's a I'm glad you asked that question because that is a very common question that, yeah. that a lot of people can go wrong because they're adding that much more food on top of it. And they're like, well, what is going on? And that's another mistake, though, too, is like, for instance, I have it set up. I know better, but I use my fitness pal right now and it it links to my Fitbit. So it puts any exercise I have or any of my steps into my fitness pal. So it tells you, you know, this is my goal. This is how much I've eaten, but this is how much I've exercised. And it adds those back in I know. for you. And then people are only looking at the end of the day. So you actually have to physically either not link your MyFitnessPal and your Fitbit, or you need to go into your settings and tell MyFitnessPal to not include your exercise. Because yep. if not, you're going to be looking at the wrong number. Or you just need that awareness that that exercise doesn't count. So just pay attention to the macros or the calories. Don't even look at the exercise. Right. Because... Yeah, I mean, that can really throw you for a loop because you think you're eating at maintenance because you're looking at the overall calorie of the day yeah. and you're eating a thousand calories or more over because you didn't know that you were accumulate or I'm sorry, uh, accounting for your your exercise, right. which is my fitness pal. They had put that in there. Right. So and that's crazy. Be aware. They, they automatically add that in. And a lot of times they don't even realize that what that number is, is accounting for how much you've moved throughout the day. Right. Yeah. But all right, guys, uh, that was it. So uh, hopefully you guys took some great stuff away from this podcast. And remember those three steps. Eat more protein. Spend time focusing, not dieting. Find your maintenance. Take the time. Track your food. Figure out what you're eating now and start adding to it slowly, usually increasing about 10, 10 or 15 percent um, like every four weeks. Like kind of go slowly because if you go too fast, your body I'm not going to lie, your body will pack on some body fat if you go too quickly. So it has to be a slow process. And then focus on choosing the exercises that focus on building muscle and not just burning calories. And that will be a great place for you to start building up that metabolism. Okay. All right, guys. You got anything else? Nope. Nope. Well, I am excited because I think you're going to start doing some podcasts with some guest interviews. and Yes, that is in the works, guys. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So I'm just putting it out there now to hold her to it. But yeah, she is because she knows I'm, I tend to be a procrastinator, if yeah. you guys haven't noticed yet. We are probably, we're actually recording this podcast about 15 minutes before it's supposed to air. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'll get it up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that's all we got for now. Um, keep an eye out for the interview because those will be kind of something different. Um, well, cover, we've got a good list of potential interviews coming your way. And if not, I think we're going to do some cool stuff um, topic wise in the future. Kind of put yeah. a spin on how you can handle your wellness with nutrition and exercise. So yeah. it'll be super excited, guys. Fun to kind of keep an eye out on. So, yeah. So keep track. Keep dibs. Subscribe if you haven't because it's going to get fun from here. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.